Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Thank you, Kirby. I met Kirby at 96.5. She's got the DJ radio voice that just sounds so beautiful. This week started out with me in a retreat, uh, just with Jesus. It was awesome time uh, to begin the week out. And, and then midway through, um, a great friend of mine since I was a kid, um, our lockers were right next to each other, lost his life unexpectedly. And uh, the friends and family are here right now to not only support one another and support me. And, and I um, so believe that that we all come in this place with so much pain and so much different stories. And I think it's so beautiful when we just take off our mask and we love one another and that we can rally um, to support one another. And we're going to pray and we're going to take a moment to pray for the friends, the family, myself, our family. And I believe that God can hear us in the midst of the darkest places. I do. And um, there's been so many tears shed this week. I think of a story that um, my friend's name was Ben. And Ben, when I got off the football field one time, I fumbled twice that I could ever remember in my whole entire life, just twice. And one of my second fumbles, and uh, he, he got in my face, ninth grade football, and he said, you got this next one. And then my next run, I ran for like eight yards, and he was just, he was just such an encourager and so ecstatic. And the only fishing pole I own is the one he gave me. So if you guys would just join me in prayer um, as we pray for the family, as we pray for the friends right now, Jesus God, we don't understand everything. God, there is pain, there is sorrow, there's hurt. And God, we pray that you would meet us in the darkest places in the valleys. Give strength, give hope, give peace. Give love, give purpose. Begin to show glimpses of life in light, in the preciousness of today and tomorrow. There are no ordinary moments that through tragedy, it could grow us closer to one another. God, teach us in only ways that you can. We look to you for your strength as you gave your life for all of us. We pray in your strength, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Um, thank you for being here. And welcome to everybody at City Life this morning. Um, obviously going through that this week and then being here, it's been a deep week. And um, I, I so believe that God is, God is so involved in uh, the, 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 the most intimate details. And he's, and he's always trying to remind us that it's always about people. If he had a paintbrush, it would be love God, love people. I think it's somewhere, right? Isn't all the law gets summed up into love God, love people? And too often we make it about policy or we make it about how do we dress and we make it about what type of code or what type of things can I get to get approval when the truth is it's always trying to break down the walls and get us to just come as we are. And what a great time today that we can come as we are, some of us celebrating, some of us broken, and we're just going to meet together. And I believe that Jesus is going to meet us here. Last week we opened the year out with a time of worship. And what that means is that we're like, God is worth our praise. He's worth our attention. And we are going to stop and pause for a minute and say, it's not about me. And that's what we did. And this week, we're going to dive into just some wisdom nuggets of just 
some practical things that have helped me that I believe can help us and can help each other. And I hope this, though, more than anything, I, I always kind of put a disclaimer at the front of City Life. Because people come in this place all the time and they, they, they think they know Jesus, but actually they know church. They know what their grandma taught them or they know what their weird Christian co-worker friend taught them and they think Jesus is pretty weird and he's a little uncomfortable. And for all of that, I'm sorry if I was the weird Christian friend ever. And it's just, you know, that's how it happens sometimes. We misrepresent Jesus all the time. It was never about religion. It was never about rules. It was never about just order and mundane things that we can get approval. It was always about freedom. I find it so intriguing that the Bible teaches that those that killed Jesus were religious teachers. They rallied. And it was our sin that we turned on the living God. And he was so present with the, the as, you, as people would put it, maybe the scum of the earth at the time, that he made them feel so comfortable that they saw his goodness that they wanted to change. And I love this verse right here about his goodness. Now, there's Powerball. Anybody know that right now? There's Powerball, right? I mean, it's a pretty big deal, no one won. So people like 1.3, uh, 1.1 something billion uh, I, come on, somebody wants to go buy a lotto ticket. I know somebody does. <laughs> I mean, I thought about it a little bit. I haven't bought one yet, but I was thinking maybe today, maybe, someone didn't win. Maybe that's me. I remember reading the article last night, Powerball. I mean, we could build a school. We could help a lot of people in the city. Could probably, you know, not just change 10 decks that we want to this summer. We could probably build a lot more decks with the, the Powerball. And then I thought instantly, I thought about um, all those shows on E where all the, you know, the lotto money, they just lose all the money anyways. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, maybe that's not good. But if somebody won the lotto, they would go buck wild. They would. They'd be ecstatic. They'd be telling everybody. I mean, somebody wins like a scratch off for $100. They feel like it's, you know, the closest thing to heaven. What about the good news that our sins can be forgiven forever? Psalm 103, I love it. It says this in verse 10. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. That is super, super good news. If you've ever done anything bad, I'm in the category of like bad guy done a lot of bad things and thought a lot of even worse things. Okay, some of you, you can't relate with that because maybe you're not in the bad guy category, thought a lot of bad things. But, but compared to God, you are in the bad guy category. And that's what's so cool is God does not repay us for what we deserve. That is so foreign to everything we can think and conceive on this planet because everything is checks and balances. Everything is rules-based. Everything's you do, you get, right? You go to work, you do your job well, and then you get a paycheck. And if they really like you and you're in the inner circle, you might even get a promotion. And God does not deal with us in that manner. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. How beautiful. And as far as the east is from the west, so does he remove our transgressions from us. A father shows compassion on his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. That's awesome. It really is. It's not cliche to say that hope in Christ is worth more than anything this world can offer. So if you look at some of the richest kingdoms and richest kings of this whole entire planet and you study history, what you find is they still had an emptiness. One time I was watching a Super Bowl um, uh, you know, post-interview with Tom Brady and he was just saying, I feel like there's still something more. I'm missing something. And from outside looking in, I mean, Tom Brady's got it 
he's got it on lock. I mean, he's got Giselle, right? Or it's not Giselle, it's Giselle. And uh, my daughter's Giselle, so I'm used to saying it like that. And he's, uh, he's, you know, he's tall. He's got the sweet hair. He can go like six different hair uh, styles, and they all look sweet. And he's, he eats only plant-based foods that I found out this week, Tom Brady. And even Tom Brady feels like there's an emptiness. It's because we were actually made for something that only God can fill. The divine design is in all of us. And this morning, we're going to look at some tips and um, some practical things and some wisdom of God's word. Because many people took a challenge last week to start reading the Bible or listen to the Bible in the app. And it was kind of cool because we're like, we don't understand God's word that well. It's it's, it's kind of old to a different audience, and so we feel intimidated by it. Sometimes we think it's like hieroglyphics even. That God's word, we can't understand it. And then the people who do understand God's word, it's like they speak another language, and it's all holy and art thou, and you can't relate and connect with them. So you just wonder, can I even be invited in to this Jesus thing? Can I um, understand God's word? And the answer is absolutely yes. Faith is like a muscle. You don't get in shape overnight right? It doesn't happen that way. We wish it would. You don't get to know all the things of the ancient text and the ongoing conversation of the eternal truths and some of the mysteries of God overnight. And some of us began a journey where we started listening to an app of the Bible to grow in God's word. And this week I was um, studying kind of like Greek and Hebrew early in the week of, of, of work and what the word work meant. And we were getting really deep, like me and Jesus in my alone time. But truth is, city life, I want you to see this this morning. It's an on-ramp to all of that. It's a place where someone can come and say, you know what, I hate God. I don't really know what's going on. It's a place where someone can say, I'm confused. I got questions. And we welcome them. It's a place where any different type of person at any different walk in life, they can feel welcome. So that's very important. When you think of the disclaimer, we put the parentheses on, even opening up this morning of what we're going to talk about. And that's super important because someone's sitting there and they want, they want Hebrew really bad this morning. And somebody's sitting there like, I just want something practical that can help solve my life. I think there's something here for both of us this morning. Can somebody say amen? That means right on. Amen, amen. Come on. So there's two types of wisdom in the world. There's wisdom of the world, and then there's wisdom of God. The more I got closer to God, and rather he got closer to me because he was pursuing me even when I was running from him. That's how cool he is. So when I was an enemy, kind of like, I don't want anything to do with you, he was chasing me, chasing me, and chasing me, and pursuing me all the time. And I started to get reprogrammed and learn that I've been plagiarizing God, but I've been plagiarizing him for a very long time. I was, uh, uh, my influence of God was, it was pretty much um, a W. It was influenced by the Wu-Tang Clan. That's what God looked like to me. Whatever they said about God, we're all God's. So, hey, I'm a God, you God is a God, he raps, cash rules everything around me. That was the influence and how it shaped everything I thought about and everything I thought that God was this, basically, he can be a la carte in however I make him. And what happened is, is the more and the closer I dug in and, and I found out that I've been plagiarizing the King of Kings for a long time. I've been saying things and misquoting them. And I just started to reprogram my mind. So my goal today is really practical. It's not information, but heart transformation that you would get some simple, solid 
teachings throughout the Bible, little wisdom nuggets that you could put on your wall, you could put in your places, and you could write them down. There's a picture here of a, friend's, a friend of ours' house, and this is Josh and Lacey's house, and it's uh, Philippians, um, a little verse that's written on there. It's, it's like a little kid's whiteboard in their kitchen. And it inspired me because it reminded me of a time in my life that I used to always put things on the mirror, put things on my wall to help reprogram some of my stinking thinking, if you will, the things I was struggling with. And it keep teaching before you. See, some people think it's like, uh, it's, it's like a magic trick where, well, come on, are you just, are we denying that there's pain? Absolutely not. But what we're doing is we're trying to reprogram ourselves for something effective, something positive. And, and, and I hope that you're inspired to see that and start writing some stuff down. I used to have this little three by five card um, on my mirror all the time. And it said purity and purpose when we lived on Samantha Street when I was selling used cars right on the corner of Kavanaugh and Pennsylvania. It was Gillies Auto Sales. Anybody remember Gillies? Did you buy a car from there? Well, you did? Hopefully, if it, if it didn't work, just be quiet. And if it worked, that's awesome. And uh, recently, the place has been sold. I think it's South Auto Pen now, um, South Auto Sales or something. And when we lived there, right next to it, I had a purity and purpose card right on my mirror. Just to constantly remind me that my motives weren't pure and I needed purity and purpose. Because you can deceive a lot of people. You can. But you can't deceive God. See, sometimes you can help people, but really you want them to help you back. Sometimes you can give to people, but really you want them to go out of their way and tell everybody that you gave. Or you want to go around telling everyone that you gave in purity and purpose. And I would put little three-by-five cards of Bible verses in my house just to constantly reprogram and memorize the wisdom that I needed from God. Okay? So, you ever heard of knowledge is power? Right? Knowledge is power. Is that true? Sitting in a sales convention, and this guy's like, knowledge is power. We're all at the edge of our seat. That's right. Give us some knowledge. He goes, that's not true. Because why are so many of us overweight, dealing with addiction, dealing with constantly saying the wrong things? It's because it's not enough just to know it. Knowledge, when applied, is power. Today, it doesn't mean anything if you just hear, if we don't do. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's in void, it's in vain, it's, it's, it's like learning so much, we need application to be, to be better fathers, to be better friends, better teachers, better workers, as we look into God's word and to really have perfect practice this morning. So we're gonna look at a top 10 list, kind of like a, maybe Jesus's letterman of, in my life and, and some of the team's life. Anyone I remember letterman's top 10 list? I used to stay up late at night and watch that. So this is top 10 list of some things from God. So you can pull out some notes if you want to. If not, it's okay. I believe that they're gonna be seared in your brain and you will not forget these moments right here forever in this time. Number one, fear of the Lord. Proverbs nine ten. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. What type of fear are we talking about? We all want to be wise. We all want to be accepted. We all want to know. But there is a reverence that has to come with God. And from a biblical definition of what fear looks like, it's not fear that you think you're going to have to um, go run laps if you showed up late. It's not a fear that says you're getting written up at work. It's a fear that's more like reverence. 
It's like going to the zoo and you see the, you know, you see the sheep. You're like, oh, cute little sheep. You know, you, hi, sheep. That's so nice. Nice little sheep. That's so cool. Go around the lion and if the cage is kind of, maybe you think there's not a lock on it. You're not like, hey, nice lion. What's up? Hey, dude. You know, there's like a reverence. Hi, lion. Wow, look at the lion. There's a reverence. There's an awe. You look at a child and how they respond to their parents. There's a reverence. There's an awe. And it's a healthy reverence, typically. That's the picture of what's being painted as we fear the Lord. It's critical. It's imperative that you can't even, you can't go to step B, step two, three, four, or five without fear of God. So please hear that today and hear what fear is and hear what it isn't. It's not that he's not approachable. It's just that there's a reverence that he sees it all and he's way bigger and he made everything. Time is, we're learning now in science that there's a, you know, not only fifth dimension and maybe even more dimensions. And scripture talks about that God is outside time. That's hard to conceive, isn't it? Because we feel things. We, it's physical. There's, there's matter, our flesh. We have all of these realities that we're in constantly, daily. And God is outside of that. He's omnipresent. It's fascinating, mind-blowing. The fear of an almighty God, too. Desiring wisdom this morning, I hope this and I pray that we all would ask for wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Come on, ask God. It's as simple as that sometimes. So many times the answer to my prayer is actually praying. It may sound like counterintuitive. I, I don't even ask God many times, anything. I just start ruling and reigning and don't even ask him. God, I need, or I just start saying, I need wisdom. Why is this not working? But it's as simple as saying, God, I need wisdom. And it's something happens because he gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. God gives to those who ask. How many people love school? Anybody, you love school? You guys are ridiculous. How many people didn't like school? That was me. I just couldn't stand it. We just, most of my friends, we, we really struggled with school. We just weren't feeling it. And um, so whatever we could do to get by, um, I'm not proud to admit uh, many hours of cramming. I'm not proud to admit uh, book reports that, that I never read. Um, and nor do I condone it or say that you should repeat that behavior. But what I realized is when I humbled myself, the teacher presented itself. The teacher was always there the whole time, but the student has to present a humble heart and a teachable attitude. And that's kind of like life with God. He's been there the whole time, longing to teach us, knocking on the door, whispering in our ears. And we've been shouting at him with our sin, shouting at him with our disappointment, shouting at him with what we want him to do. He's not a genie. He's longing for us to be in relationship through a gift. Third nugget that's really impacted um, my life and our life and some of the team's life here is this, to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Okay, this is super not about anything that in my own power. This is like the humble pill 101. And when we were thinking about planting this church, um, we had opportunities to move to Florida in days like today, really test that and temptation, right? A little bit. And we had opportunities to go to Philly. And it's so weird because we had never had an opportunity ever before that. Our opportunity was basically just 
you know, build the plane while you're flying it. We felt like God called us to do music, so we were out telling kids about Jesus, going into schools, and we were uh, doing Sounds Good, if you're familiar with that. If not, you can look it up. And so that's what we were doing most of the time. And last year, we were asking for a sign. Give me a sign that we're supposed to stay in Lansing. Come on, there's no major sports teams here. There's not like everyone, you know, Old Town may be nice, but Old Town is, if you go to major cities, Old Town's like this big compared to a major city, right? And God led me to this verse, led our family to this verse, and Crystal and I would pray this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean onto your own understanding. And we just kept acknowledging him, and then he made straight our paths. And the thing we couldn't answer was this, who loves the kids in Eastern High School? Who loves the people in the block? Who loves the people in downtown Lansing with School of Choice where so many people are fleeing and people look at Lansing like an eyesore or some look at it as just a development opportunity or some look at it as cool just to come in and work and then leave and we felt like we had to go in and love people right where they were at. And that became the win, not a sports stadium. And I believe this too for your life that as you apply this wisdom nugget to your life, you'll start to see that God will lead you in paths that you never thought. Right? It, it just happens when you start to say, okay, I'm not king anymore of this castle. There's a bigger one. There's a bigger lion. There's a bigger king. And he'll lead you in awesome places. And now Lansing, we see it totally different. And on January 31st of this year, we're going to be having um, just a powerful, powerful service here of what we see for 2016. It's going to be awesome. Number four is this. It's a few things, but it's the same concept of ultimately seeking God first. Matthew 6, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Next, Psalm 127, 1. Lord, build the house. Come on. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I have only been involved with a handful of construction projects and I am so mad that I didn't measure twice. Ridiculously mad. Measure twice, cut once. That would have saved me so much time. Sharpen the axe, right? And those that have ever built realize you don't want to labor in vain. Our labor will be in vain unless we let the Lord build. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. That verse has helped shape our life. It's helped given wisdom and framework to where we're going and what I believe God wants to do in your life too as well. I believe he wants to be the one building it, but we got to step out of the way. It's a heart condition. I feel like somebody's asking, well, what does that look like? It looks like you saying, Jesus, build it. God, build it. I can't do it. You got to build it. And it won't just happen overnight. You won't see the immediate results like you want. In Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. This is awesome. I love this proverb because the horse getting ready for battle means there's a boatload of hard work, like a lot of hard work. We run from hard work in this country. My generation, we were raised by Sega, first started with Atari 2600, then went to a Nintendo 8-bit, and we I hated hard work. The, the goal was the least amount of work for the max amount of pay, period. That looks like freedom, right? If I can get freedom. But if you're around anyone that's not working, I mean, unless their time is busy and effectively engaged in preparing a horse for battle, their life is hollow, empty. And that's what I found so often in my life that 
um, when you call Sam and, uh, you know, it, that's not cool. And when you call Marvin, it's not cool either. And, and it's just a bad day. And you just start getting this horrible pattern. And those moments are there. They happen to us in times and seasons. But that's not uh, how we should engage. We should engage in preparation, but then letting and waiting upon the Lord. Come on, somebody's got to put that on their mirror. And then last under the, the fourth nugget here is this. It's 1 Corinthians 3, 7 through 9. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and God's building. That's really nice. That we're intimately connected to God and we're his, but all the pressure's on him. We just plant and we water. We plant with love. We, we water with showing up at somebody's house with groceries. We pray for each other. We show up when it's tough and we don't give up and we don't give in and we're gonna rise and we're gonna make stuff happen. And as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Number five, 2 Corinthians 12, nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You ever heard the God helps those who help themselves one? Come on, God helps those who help himself. That's what we believe all the time. Because we see lazy people and they, they do, they frustrate us, they aggravate us. And you're like, go help yourself. God only helps those that help yourself. Well, at some point that breaks down because some point at, we need help. And at some point, we actually are strongest when we're weakest, and we just kind of say, I can't do it. I sat with a guy one time. He was, um, uh, he was with Zig Ziglar for 21 years, which Zig Ziglar is like a, you know, he's the Megatron of, like, sales convention and quotes and motivation stuff. And this was his right-hand guy, and he's at, we're having lunch, and he, he says these things like, oh, I see big things for you. You're doing cool stuff. And I remember I was like, I was like, man, you don't know me. I... I, I, I don't know if I can handle it. I, I could break. And he goes, he goes, you're 100% wrong. You've always been broken, and that's where your strength is. You're broken right now, and that's where you'll find your strength. And that was so liberating that in my weakness and in my flaws and in my brokenness, that God could still be there. It says that we're a fragile clay jar, and the imagery is that we're just broken, and he puts us together, but he still shines his light through us. I love it. Jesus and good news. He's awesome. God helps us when we give up. Number six. This is known as the golden rule. This is super popular. Matthew seven twelve. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Grand Haven, I think it was 2000 or 99. I'm sure somebody in the crowd remembers this moment. And it's a Gus Macker. Place is awesome. Uh, it's packed. We're going to play this team. Nobody knows us. We're those guys that most of our team would show up in cargo shorts and stuff and, like, literally be laughing. In case you haven't realized, I'm still waiting to hit my growth spurt. So you can imagine guys showing up in cargo shorts. I don't, I don't even know if we slept. And, and, I'm like going to be the point guard for the moment. And people are just, they're just like laughing. And we started beatboxing and joking around. And it turned into this huge, just 
all these cr- this crowd watching, and there's this there's this battle going on between me and this point guard, and he and he goes up for a shot, and he throws the ball at my face. The ref doesn't see that, but the ref sees my retaliation, right? And my retaliation gets me kicked out of the tournament, and I'm just I'm fuming. And Wu Tang Clan is in my head, and eye for an eye is in my head, and I'm on the sidelines like this is wrong, and I'm just going off and. One of those dudes that you're just like, hey, man, a kid needs a hug. What happened to him as a kid? What's going on? And anger's out of control. And this guy, a real calm guy, I hope I get to meet him one day if I get to tell this story any more times. But he comes up to me and he goes, he goes, you need to just forgive. You, um, like, like, love that guy. Do unto others as he wish you'd do unto you. And I was like, man, I'm just doing unto him as he did unto me. And I was like, so mad. And I was like, that's in the Bible. <laughs> so serious. No, like so serious. And I walked away like, I know the Bible. He doesn't know the Bible. And uh, because that's actually what's in us is eye for an eye. It's eye for an eye. He punched me, I punch him. And when we make a mistake, we want a lawyer. But when someone else makes a mistake, we become a judge. And God equates it. He says this, Jesus is lawyer for both the guilty and the victim. Because both are actually guilty. So he comes in and he's not a lawyer that we got to pay for. He laid down his life in love. And this, this, this shaped and changed everything. It liberated me. Something that I thought we were inventing in my, 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 my uh, you know, stage of life, I thought I, thought I was really getting it was actually there the whole time. The golden rule changes everything. It sets us free. It starts to say, well, how do I love this person unconditionally? You know, when you look at, um, anyone got a big TV over 50 inches? I would love to get one over 50 inches. I'm thinking like 87. And uh, I'm I'm thinking big. Like, yeah, I'm thinking maybe that'll be in my house. What do you think, Wojo? Really big. And... You're shopping for TVs. You're looking at the features. And people say all the time, well, aren't all gods kind of the same? Right? Like everyone teaches this to some degree. And you're right. All gods do teach a lot of good information. But the truth of the matter is Jesus stands alone by himself in a category. If you're shopping for him, you'd realize that his category is unlike any other category. Yeah, he taught a lot. Yeah, he had a lot of nice teachings like all the other prophets did. The difference was, though, all the other prophets said, here's what you have to do to be right. Here's the eye for the eye plan. Here's what happens when somebody wrongs you, and here's what they have to deserve. And Jesus said this, I flipped the equation. I'm going to pursue you in your darkest days. I'm going to pursue you when you don't deserve it. And he says, guess what? It's free. And that's why it's so good news. That's why it's better than the Powerball. It's true. It's free. And that's liberating. And I remember when I heard that gospel, it just became alive. I'd heard it many times as a kid. I remember going to Pinckney one time in a basement and it reeked like, you know, 1902. And that's what I thought Jesus was. And he was Sunday school and I had to be quiet and I couldn't do anything because my grandma brought me here. And and I just can't wait to get out. But once I realized what it was, liberating. It's awesome. The golden rule. Number seven. And this is where it gets really cool. Isaiah 118. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. We can be brand new. Brand new. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 
There's a new day. There's a new day. There's a new day. There's a new day. And there can be a new you. Number eight, just some nuggets. Again, just some nuggets that have impacted our life that I think can really impact your life. And your maybe top 10 might look a lot different. Maybe your top 10 is filled with all the vengeance verses in the Bible, but, and, and you want to leave out the grace ones. I'm not sure. But here's, this is just my kind of top 10 thoughts here. Number eight, James 1.19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger kind of basketball's on my mind right now. I think back to my barn, there wasn't a window that wasn't broken in it from playing basketball. And it's not because the ball hit it. It's because we threw it at it when we lost. Someone's like, whoa, really? Yeah, yes. I grew up in a household at times, like the F-bomb was, you know, maybe like the. You know, it's just kind of like, you don't know what to say. So it's just, so God grows, God grows us on a curve. I mean, he grades us on a curve. We all grow from different starting points. So when someone sees someone that's maybe a little rough around the edges, they said they gave their life to Jesus and they're starting to work this thing out. Maybe you feel a little uncomfortable, but they didn't start from the same place as you. Maybe they didn't start with the same background as you. And once I got this, that there was, um, it was God's order to listen, that he gave me two ears and one mouth, started to change things. And my wife can attest that, I mean, she's seen some anger at times. I'm not always proud of. I've said, I've, I don't know, a million I'm sorry's. And, and she said a cool compliment the other day. And I, I don't think I've arrived by any stretch. But she was like, you know, you're, you've, you just became so much calmer since I first met you. And she wasn't there at 702 South Barnes where all the windows were broken out. But she's heard of the stories. And she's seen glimpses of Hulk at times. And God is good. He really is. And he can change your heart. And... Uh, if we'll just listen and not harden our hearts. Number nine, it's a practical thing. But there's power in life and death in the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. The only swear word in our house now is I can't. It's the only swear word. You can't say that. We don't say I can't. Because we're not gonna just speak things over us and we're not gonna instantly put a lid on us it may be hard, it may be challenging, but we're trying to renew our minds because we realize the war is so, is so, so real, it's so hard. And we have the power to speak life over people. Think to the people that you love most on this planet. Do they listen well and do they speak good words over you? Chances are yes. They listen really well and they speak good things over you. And it takes a while, the tongue is really hard to tame. It's so small, but yet, like a little rudder on a ship, it controls the direction of actually where we're going to go. It's, it's, it's challenging, and it takes some time. It takes some serious time. And I pray that we would speak um, life. I pray that we would speak positive things. We wouldn't be ignorant. We wouldn't um, be brainwashed, but that we would use it for its purpose to bring life. And number 10, this nugget was probably uh, the most freeing for my life. Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to governing authorities for there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. When I came to Christ, 
every single person that had authority was trying to hold me down. Every single person that had ever been above me, I felt that was ridiculing me and constantly beating me down and that they were against me, they weren't for me. And once I realized that I the whole time was the one deceived and it was just a lie, they were there to protect me and develop me. And some of them, yes, were not so nice and we could say other words, but you know what? They were instituted and they were authority by God and therefore I learned a beautiful term called submission. And Jesus lived submission. Luke 18, 17, or it says in submission here. And truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And go to Matthew 8, 9 real quick. And we'll go back to the child. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. A leader in a soldier army talking to Jesus says, I too am a man under authority. And Jesus is blown away and he says, I've never seen such faith from a guy like this. It's because he understood his chain of command. I've never seen such faith in a guy like this. He understood his chain of command. And once I saw authority as something that I can learn from, that I could submit to, and it doesn't mean that I let them abuse us or that we, you know, we're doing unethical things or that we have to, you know, stay there forever. But what it does mean, it's a posture of the heart when I walk in, right? It's a posture of the heart when you walk into Quality Dairy. Yes, they're there to serve you, but they're the authority. And we check out and we abide by their rules and, and it's okay. You don't want people driving on the wrong side of the road. You don't. Order is good, and once I realized that, and I just humbled myself like a child, in Luke 8, 18, 17, this is where the freedom came from, the verse we just read. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. As we close here, I want to invite uh, Marissa to play, and I want us to reflect. And I just want to reflect on, on our heart, uh, more importantly than anything. I want us to reflect on the first point, which was the fear of the Lord is the beginning. And, and how do we, when we see the fear of the Lord, how do we think of it? Do we, do we shrink when we see this verse? Will you pull up that verse? Do we shrink when we're like, the fear of the Lord? Oh, oh no. Like, well, here's what Adam and Eve did when they made a mistake. And Adam and Eve is written like a narrative, so it's more like a movie than every single point is literal. And every single point, and that's why it's very important that we that we rightly divide the Bible because what we're going to find out is there's poems, there's metaphors, there's hyperboles, there's narratives, and there's descriptive history all wrapped up in each book. And Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, their first thing was to hide and run. God's like, where are you at? And they were afraid. Afraid as they rightly should be, but afraid in an unhealthy manner because the truth is the freedom comes from falling at his feet. And then Abraham, when God told Abraham that they would have a child in their old age, and Sarah was super old, says the way of the woman had been way past her. So she heard it in the corner and she's laughing. And God's like, are you laughing? She's like, no, no, that wasn't me laughing. No, no, no. She was afraid, it says. That wasn't me laughing. No, no, no. When you mess up, what's the first thing you do? Oh, no, 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 no. It's somebody else's fault. No, 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 no. It's somebody else's fault. 
Oh, no, 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 that's somebody else's fault. That's what we all do. Oh, no, 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 it's somebody else's fault. Every time. And God is trying to break us. He's, he's calling to us today saying, saying, stop and be like a child. Be teachable, be lovable. Surrender, give up. Let go. He's saying gospel meant good news. He's saying that your sins can be forgiven. As simple as, God, forgive my sins. I put my trust in Jesus. Help lead me now. Teach me, train me. Help me grow. There are no ordinary moments. If everyone would just close their eyes real quick and not to try and manipulate anybody. That's not the goal. The goal is just for you to reflect on your soul. For me to reflect on my soul. And uh, when you reflect on your soul, you just, um, you're exposed, but it's good because God is there. No hocus pocus, He's there. He's there. what age you are in this place, you're still a child to God. God, I pray for each person here. I pray that you would wrap them up so tight in your arms. As your word says that we can cry out, Abba, and that means so intimate that we can cry out, Daddy. We can be so close with the living God that Jesus becomes our lawyer. And he sets us free and he takes the punishment and he sits in our place. And God sees his sacrifice and his holiness and we get his score. A perfect 100. That's what winning looks like. Winning looks like losing more of ourself and gaining more of God. I pray that you would liberate people in this place of misconceptions and liberate people in this place of guilt and shame and regret. I pray that you would liberate people in this place, God, of busyness and acceptance and insecurity. slowly but surely you would unravel the knot and unravel the pain let your healing power pour into our lives for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.